again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three new perspectives from varying skill range. I am the conductor of this train, giving you your one-way ticket to hell. Andrew, with me, the one who's shoveling coal into the engines, Keith. Ooh, hello. And the hobo who's here for the free ride, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week was a listener pick. So thank you so much to Man Brew Pig. So thank you so much for recommending this game because I've actually been playing this game for a little bit, but I wasn't too sure if I wanted my co-host to play it or, you know, this would be too short of an episode. But as soon as a listener requests it, screw it, we're doing it. So this week we did Monster Train by Shiny Shoes Studios. Monster Train is a 2D deck building roguelike where you are the last remnants of hell and you're trying to deliver the last pyre to the center of hell to reignite the flames of hell as the denizens of heaven come down and try to stop your train. You play one of five classes as you try to build your deck, as you try to get your train to the center of hell. So going around, I will start. This is a definite game. People who know me and have been listening to us for a while will know I absolutely loved Slay the Spire. And when I first saw Monster Train, I will admit this is a perfect example of don't judge a game or a book by its cover. Because one, I think the name of this game is stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I did not care for the art style. When I saw the trailer, it was like just super cheesy, like like control monsters and fight angels. And I'm just like, this is, looks lame. But I, I was like, whatever. It looks it was only like a gig to download. So it's like, I'll try this game out. And I instantly loved it. So if you are a huge fan of Slay of the Spire like me, this is a must game. You should check it out. It's really quick and easy. Yeah, it, it seemed because I absolutely loved Slay the Spire. I still go back to Slay the Spire just every now and then. I want a little bit of time to kill or just kind of a nice, relaxing, fun experience. I go to Slay the Spire. Uh, and Monster Train has been every bit as fun. It's different in its own ways, but similar enough that they're they're very comparable and i will go on the must game as well i will say just on your your point about the trailer it felt like a mobile game ad and oh definitely i know that your brother already says slay the spire is a mobile game because it kind of already is but i don't care it's fun and i enjoyed playing it so yeah and you make a really good point keith where as much as it is like slay the spire there is quite a bit different from this game that sets it apart from slay the spire Exactly. They're not they're not just the same game in a different package. I'm going to give it a game. I didn't have the same addictiveness that I had towards Slay the Spire, but there are a lot of things that I liked about this that weren't Slay the Spire and vice versa. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna give it a game. So starting off as I said at the beginning, the story is just very simple. This game, you're not playing it for the story. It's a roguelike. It's just meant to be something that's quick, start all over again, do it again and again, get new cards. But the overall story is there's a group. I so this is where I was a little confused. There's like a group of angels from heaven that came down and destroyed hell and basically extinguished the fires of hell. So hell ends up freezing over and it becomes a frozen wasteland. And you are on the last train carrying the last pyre to reignite hell. So for me, what kind of confused me about the story is I couldn't tell who these angels were because they seemed like they were like outcasts of heaven that hated the denizens of hell and came down and just started a war with hell. Cause this did not seem like heaven fighting hell. Cause when you're looking at a lot of the enemies that you're fighting, the angels, a lot of them are like outcast or a lot of them are just like, they themselves are being punished or 
you know, are kind of like they seemed like they've been persecuted and expelled from heaven. So I don't know. The story to me, it was a nice tone for the atmosphere. And I thought they did a nice job. Also, too, when you go to the cards, every card has its own little story. I thought they did a good job building a nice lore to this world. I... Why make it more complicated if you're not going to follow through with little tidbits or to like actually like explain it? So for me, it's like kind of a story. It's like for me, it's like all or nothing. The biggest argument I could say against for that is Magic the Gathering. So back in the day, there was a time where I actually played Magic the Gathering and anyone who's played that card game, it's very much, you know what you're doing. You're doing the rules. You're playing the game. And that's all you can take away from it if you want. But if you're a super nerd like me and you want to look more into the lore, every card normally would have like some text explaining the universes, the multiverse, how different planes work. And I felt like that's what this game did. If you just want to play Monster Train for what it is, you can. But if you want more lore... It's definitely there. You just I have to dig for it. I was going to say, where is the lore? But then I realized that when I was playing, Andrew was telling me after I put many hours into it that you can see what the boss's abilities are beforehand and all these different things. And I just wasn't reading as I went <laughs> along. So I guess I, I just like was kind of lazy. I was like, oh, it's not in a cutscene, so uh, whatever. <laughs> Liz can't watch it. She doesn't care about it. So I, I do have a question, Andrew. Do you think it's possible that this game was set in purgatory? Well, it definitely is. Because when you first start a run, the very first ring of hell you're in is limbo, which is purgatory. So you get out of purgatory then. Exactly. Ooh. You go through the seven layers of hell. I mean, technically it's eight, but it's supposed to be a little bit like Dante's Inferno with the seven layers of hell. But it doesn't follow the actual seven layers. It's not like, oh, this is the, the ring of lust, the ring of greed, the ring of gluttony. Now that each ring is based off a certain clan and kind of what they're about. Do you uh, wish they had done it the other way? No. I, I, I very much like that they they didn't they did their own kind of uniqueness with like the storytelling. I thought it was it made it interesting. Because if you're just reading about Ah, this demon's in the ring of greed. He's really greedy. It's just it's just so generic. That would have been boring. But this is very much like, oh, the Awoken clan, they're all about thorns and grass and plants and the Hellborn are like these berserkers and warrior clan. It actually made something unique and interesting. Yeah, I did so, I did like that. I I'm with you, Liz. I didn't realize that there was any lore on these cards. <laughs> I doubt I would have read much of it anyway, so it's not like ooh, big miss for Keith, but at the same token, I do like when games give you that ability because, it, as you said, it really didn't need much of a story. And you explained way more than I realized about it. I just thought, I don't know. Just, <laughs> Me too. I, I thought I was invading heaven. <laughs> um, I was very confused. I just you didn't even know the main plot. I just knew the beginning cutscene. Hell train, going for going for murder. So that was what I took away from the game. Which I also wanted to bring up. Like, what's up with the name? I hated the name. Monster Train. It sounds like, first of all, it sounds like it could be like a kid's show. Yeah. Like, I don't know. You're, you, I felt like they could have done such a more clever name. Because the first thing when I saw was like, Monster Train. That sounds stupid. And even then, like, I don't know. I mean, I could have called it like, I don't know. Hell Train would have been better. Yeah. Hell Train would have definitely been better. I don't, like... Y- Throughout the different clans, I guess they're kind of monsters, but as far as like, yeah, you're you're the train from hell or in hell or whatever. You're a hell train. I don't know. 
They could have called it Highway to Hell. That would have been a better name. Yeah. It doesn't make sense either. Like, I mean, we're talking heaven, hell. Like, why why are there plants and imps (laughs) and stuff? Like, you look at the... So there's five different clans. There's Hellhorned, Awaken... Sorry, Awoken... Umbra, Melting Remnant, and I don't know how to say the Stygian Stygian Guard. Yeah, so Stygian Guard. And they all look so different. They don't look like humans or, I mean, that Hellhorn looked like demons, I guess. But it's like, how does that make sense? Well, that's what I mean. That's what I liked, how, like, they didn't go through, like, a biblical hell or. Then why have it? What kind of hell are you talking about? I kind of just figured they were, they kind of each represented an element. And they were the evil of those elements, I guess. Or, I don't yeah. know. They just were what they were. There's four elements and five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what the, the wax in are, actually. That doesn't make sense for an element. Light. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah, I I just took it as they were monsters. But it was a stupid name. Sorry, Monster Train people. We love you. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, whatever. Like I said, don't judge the book by its cover. Because as far as the gameplay goes... I this game knocks it out of the park. So, what makes this game so much different from Slay the Spire? As we said, they're very similar. It's a deck builder roguelike. So, they're, the games are very quick. You're just going through. You win, you lose, start all over again. And you're progressively unlocking more cards, more artifacts. So, what separates this from Slay the Spire is right off the bat, you're on a train, no duh, and there's three floors. The enemy always enters to the first floor, then they progress to the second floor, the third, and then the fourth floor is the engine, essentially, of the train that has an overall health. If that engine ends up losing its health, your run's over, game over, start all over again. So this is what I absolutely loved. The gameplay mechanics are very simple, but it added so much strategy. The fact that there's these three layers and you know the enemy's going up the floors, you can plan ahead. So I didn't feel like I was doomed by, oh, here's my hand. Crap, none of these cards work for me right now, but they could work for me later on. I can play cards on the second floor, the third floor, and, and prepare for the enemies to get up there. See, I disagree. I felt like with this game, there were times where I knew right like, after like two hands if this was not going to go for me. Like when you start out and there's like four people, and this is like the first level, there's four people that have bombs and you only have one guy, and you're just like... Let me give me like an attack card or something. Like I so for me like and it kept doing that. And so for me there was a couple times where I just like abandoned run right away because I was like, this is not working. I felt like with um, say the spire, I mean it the the runs are a lot longer, so it's more punishing. But I felt like there was more investment in it. Where in this I'm just like, just give me the crap hand. Well, see. I see what you're saying, Liz. There was definitely times that I would start a run and just go, ugh, I hate this set of cards. I don't like that it's just, like, uh, in particular, if I got, like, two two different cards that had that, like, X setting where it just uses based on your energy times that amount, I -hmm. hated those cards. I rarely ever used them, and I would pretty much always discard them when I could. So if I started with a bunch of those, I'd probably just quit the run and restart real quick. But... I think more what Andrew is saying, at least where I think I agree with him on this, is that, yeah, the way you could play some of those cards is, like, you could strategize. There are certain ones that would have a skill uh, where at the end of every turn, it would add five armor. So you could just immediately put that on your top row, and hopefully it doesn't even get touched until its last fight, and it's got about 30 armor for free. 
So yeah, I I liked that ability to strategize and plan how I put place my cards. I did too, and I liked. I mean, you have these like for instance like the imp cards um, that you could put at the end because they have like one health, and I liked like being strategic and finding out where, like there was one card. It was called the. Um, molluskmidge or something it was the octopus guy he was part of the stygian guard and i absolutely loved him i always wanted i I would always duplicate the card and just really like beef him up and put him on multiple floors in the back you know and i just and i always wanted him on like the first or second floors because that's where you know most of the damage happens and especially the first couple levels but i did really enjoy that i'm just saying like uh, the flip side of it with of course, Slay the Spire, which is going to be compared to a lot because it is so similar with some things. Like, for instance, like the train where you pick between these different options. They had something very similar in Slay the Spire, except for I think in this game it was always good. Or or, like if you left, there was no repercussion. So you didn't have to choose something, or at least uh, to the point where I got in. So I just think it's kind of crazy like how similar the games are, but also different, like you said. Yeah, it didn't have like the mystery events and it. I liked that it was pretty simplified as far as just left path, right path, and the options were always pretty much the same thing. Um, there, I feel like there was a couple of the oh, actually no, there was the mystery event. There was like the the caverns. Yeah, the frozen caverns. Yeah. Yeah. So that was always a random event, and a few of them were not good, but none of them were really bad. No, none of them punished you. You oh, always yeah. just leave and not do the event. That's what I would call the train because a lot of them like were on a train. But yeah, the uh, that event, the frozen cavern. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but as a whole, I did I liked the simplicity of it. What I liked too is it's it didn't feel so much like I mean, well, because it wasn't just a straight one on one battle between left side, right side. Having the three tiers, not even just from like the strategizing, it just made it feel more like. Almost, I don't want to say action because it was still very slow, but I, I, I felt like I just had to pay much more attention than I did. And in some ways, one small mistake could be so much more punishing than a slay the spire. You know, you accidentally discard something. <clears throat> it, it would just, I don't know, make much more of a difference, I felt like. See, I, I, for me, I felt like Monster Train was so much more forgiving. What, what I loved about Monster Train, it is a lot quicker. You're doing eight battles. That's it. That's every run is just eight fights. You either win, you lose. Like Slay the Spire, depending on your route, you can end up doing a bunch. You could do like very little. This one, it's just eight and you're done. And you so, still get like stuff at the end too. So even if you lose, and that was just like Slay the Spire. Yeah. As we said, there's five different clans. Uh, you start off with two, but quickly unlock the third one. The last two take a little bit more time, but I felt like the pacing was really good. That this game was constantly giving you new things to kind of keep you going. And every time you're playing one of the clans, you're leveling them up. And once you get to level five, you unlock another champion, which is a completely different play style for that clan. And you normally have a primary clan and then an ally clan. So it does a really cool job, kind of, you can mix things up and create this cool synergy between the two decks. So it's not like Slay the Spire when, oh, I'm the warrior. I'm just getting warrior cards, doing everything that the warrior does. This is very much like, oh, you're playing the warrior, but you could have, like, the mage as your assistant and get, like, really strong characters but have a lot of magic cards. So, for me, this is just the thing that makes Monster Train so good. I I love the strategy of it. So, like, Liz, I disagree with you when... I felt like you were quitting games way too early because I feel like Monster Train's very forgiving. I, 
I don't think I've ever lost in the first fight. There's been times where I've gotten beaten pretty bad, but it's I feel like it's very hard to lose in the first fight. And I feel like you can quickly course correct and figure out what you need to do, what's wrong. Because every time you beat a battle, the track splits into two sections. And you can see the rewards on each track. Oh, do you want to take the right side? You'll get, you can improve your magic cards and select a new card from this clan. Or go to the left side, improve your soldiers and get a card from this clan. So it just, you had a lot of strategy and choice that you can do. I, I kind of disagree with you with like the, a lot of choice that you can do if, if you're talking about with the cards. Because it's like I think it's because the game like is so small, the, the runs are so short. But when it comes to like upgrading your cards and your, and your characters... Um, except for the champion, I thought that those upgrades are really good. You got the same like six cards every time. So if I'm getting a, like the cards, like the deck that I have, and I don't like it at all, I don't think like these like six cards, like upgrading them, is gonna make a difference if I don't like any of them. Or maybe I started and I realized, you know what, I don't like Hellhorned with Awoken, and I don't really feel like playing that right now. So for me, I'd rather just like enjoy the run and just end it early. I suppose there's something to be said for that, but I do think again that the the runs really were so short. And I'm not saying I didn't end some early, so I'm I'm certainly not criticizing you, Liz. But I I think as a whole, you could pretty much go through any run and either would end quickly, or you might be surprised at some of the, the characters you actually find you get. I do agree that as far as the way that the shops work, it was very limited. It seemed like as far as like improving your spells, that was very like, okay, either you add consume or remove consume or just remove some, or, you know, add a little more power to it. The unit improvements I thought were a lot different though, and actually kind of varied depending on the different clan that you were using. It was small variances, but you know, it might focus on improving spikes, which if you're playing the Stygian and the Hellhorned, you're not going to get spikes. So, I don't know. It, it, I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, I liked them. I'm just saying that, like, it'd be nice to have more variety for a game that you're playing over and over and over and over again. You're playing the same type of game, like the three levels, and you could change, like, the clans and stuff, but getting the same... Um, enhancements over and over again. I mean, like I said, I, I liked them. I'm just saying that I do kind of wish that there were more. I do hope they keep upgrading or updating this game. Um, so I want to keep arguing with Liz. So I know. Sorry. Sorry. So Liz, I do agree with you. Yes, it's kind of limited cards, but for me, that's a pro. Like, so we've played, We, if people have been listening to this podcast for a while, we've played a lot of roguelikes. I mean, Keith's on this podcast. He picks a lot of roguelikes. Ew. My biggest complaint with roguelikes is I feel like a lot of them tend to be luck than they are skill. You know, when we played like Neon Abyss, it's like, oh, I really need this artifact that, you know, doesn't get me damage from explosive damage. But it was like, there's like a billion artifacts. So it was impossible to get that one artifact that you wanted. You had everything built to get this one artifact and you just can't get it. That's just the luck of the draw. And it was the same with Slay the Spire. I'm doing fantastic with my warrior. Only if I had this card that lets me keep drawing cards. I never got that artifact. But with Monster Hunter, each clan yeah had Monster Train. Sorry, <laughs> I'm probably gonna do that a lot this episode. Monster Sanctuary. Monster Sanctuary. Yeah. <laughs> but each clan has about 20 cards in their deck, give or take. It's like I think like 20 to 30. And since they are such a limited number of types of cards, 
you can really strategize. Okay, I want this clan because they have a lot of good monsters, and I want this clan as my ally because they have a lot of spells. So that I enjoyed that there was limited numbers because I never felt like, oh, I lost this run because I didn't get the specific card. I did not get the specific artifact. I lost because I sucked. Well, <laughs> the artifacts, I really like because every time you got them, I felt like there were always good options because oh, you get good. two. You get two options. I always thought they were great, but they varied a lot. Like I yeah. wasn't like, oh, when I get this artifact, I'm like, I'm going to know which one that we're choosing between because there's sometimes where it's like I had like 400 coins and I would re-roll and I'd still get the stupid like take away consume and it's like I don't even use those cards like why like so for, it's like why do I have all this money and I have to rotate between these like six cards so for me it's just like if I'm playing the same game over and over and over again just add a little bit of spice a little variety the artifacts are crazy powerful in this game yeah. I love the artifacts they're great yeah, yeah I think there's like a total of like 28 or something like that there's not a ton so like the ones that are in here they're all just worth <laughs> They're, they're, they're worth your effort to get for. Anytime the track split up and there was an artifact on one side, I always picked that side. I always went for the artifacts because they're just, as Liz said, none of them sucked. A lot of roguelikes you play, they'll be like, oh, it may do this, but it also hurts you in this way. None See, of these. I didn't always do the artifact because there were some times where it was like, uh, like heal your, your pyre and then, like, gain 75 and then, like, an artifact or something. And it's like, well, I want one out of the three. So sometimes – and also, I'd always – like I said earlier, if I got the octopus, I was always duplicating that card. I would look for it. I don't it. know why you love that card so much. I did not care for him. I mean, and he was also, kind of adorable, which I'm know, assuming – He did, like, plus eight power. And then when you beef him up, you can give him, like, maybe spikes or, or more health or something. I thought – I mean, he, like, every spell card was just, like, so much more powerful – See? I loved him. But he's normally like a zero attack, eight health card. Like it's besides his ability of giving eight plus magic power, I didn't think he's that good of a card. Yeah. Well, you don't know how to play him right then. <laughs> I mean, to <laughs> each their own. But I'm with Andrew on this one because that also means I had to play as the Stygian, which yeah, I hate no, thank you, hard pass. Yeah. Oh, they were my backup. They weren't like I didn't like. No, even as a backup, I just didn't like them. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't like their overall card set. Really, it was it was very spell heavy, but it didn't do enough damage it just it never felt like enough and it just yeah, felt like it cost too mana. much yeah. yeah so i i just never found myself really trying to play with the stygian um i for the most part i was gonna say too i i really just focused on upgrading um units as a priority uh artifacts first i agree with you andrew there but i, I basically avoided upgrading spells but i also didn't win a lot and when I say I didn't win a lot, I mean I won one game, <laughs> and then I never won another. But I still had a lot of fun. That's and that's the great thing about about Monster Train. Yeah, Monster Train. <laughs> um, but it it's just it's just great. It's just a lot of fun. So I already know Andrew's answer, but I'm going to ask the question, and I already know Liz's answer. But what was your favorite clan? My favorite clan. Keith knows. It's the last clan you unlock. They take a while, but it's the Melting Remnant. I, In order to unlock them, you have to kill 1,300 enemies, which every every level you're fighting, I think you kill about 10, 15. So it takes a good amount of time. But that's I think this game is well-paced enough that it, you're unlocking things that it's not like, oh, this took me like 20 hours of just like repetitive grinding to get. But the Melting Remnant, why I love them 
they're very focused on their monsters. They have a ton of monsters, and it's all about killing your monsters. You want your monsters to die because then you revive them, and every time you revive them, they get stronger and stronger and stronger. So it's it was a really cool element to the game where you want your creatures to die. They even have spells to kill your own creatures because then you can bring them back, and if you don't kill them enough and make them strong enough, you end up going to struggling later on. And then my second favorite was the Umbra, which was the fourth claim that you unlocked. See, I think those were my two least favorite, but I also think that the more I played a clan and I, I learned how they worked more, I liked them more. So I'm not, I guess they weren't my least favorite because I feel like I definitely need to put more time into them. Um, but I didn't really have a favorite. No, yours were Stygian. For me, Every time I watched you play, you played the Stygian as your primary because you always had... No, they were always my secondary when I played in front of you. <laughs> no, because you always had their champion. Is it disagree with Liz Day? Yes. <laughs> Both of you. No, you are fighting me and I'm fighting back. But anyways, so for instance, if I wasn't playing the Stygian, which, you know, did happen, um, <laughs> I really liked the sweep cards. I was more about the cards. I was more about finding like the, the perfect card combinations because i mean there are there are beefy characters well not so much in stygian i feel like but even like awoken like you get like the beefier characters which is what i liked so for me i I didn't really care about the clan as much awoken had a lot of creatures with a lot of hit points not strong attacks but they had a lot of hit points yeah what about you keith so i i i definitely fall where andrew does i think it took me a while to get him i know well so most of the game i will say i did play as the awoken as my main clan, and then the Umbra I thought were a lot of fun. That was, I thought, a pretty fun combo too because the um, the Awoken Champion is really beefy, and then if you just start eating all them Umbra morsels, which sounds weird and gross, then you can get real beefy and strong. So he's he's a lot of fun, and that's a fun combo. But once you get the Awoken, it just the the champion itself has a skill where it automatically revives two dead characters at a higher uh, like five extra health, oh, five extra not damage. Not the awoken, melting remnant. Or the melting remnant, I'm sorry. Yeah, their champion has a base skill that just re- revives these characters. There are zero costs. All, pretty much all of the characters are in their unit base are like one or two points that they take up on the floor, which I think is yeah. base of 5. Units you can take, something like that. So they take up a very little amount of space. They come back to stronger, quicker. But I still... I lose at level 6 every time. The second boss. And I can't figure it out. I think... So my thing is, when I play with with the, the Melting Remnant, I feel like the fights go on too long at the end, and they burn out, and then I just lose, even though they're hitting for 60. Like, they're demolishing damage, but they don't get enough hits. So I haven't been able to figure that out. And then just about any other ones, I sometimes get past it, but I, I, I just can't get to that sweet, sweet end level. It's weird, though, because, I mean, with the, the last two, you you fight so differently. So, like, when I was watching Andrew play the Melty Remnant, the entire time I was, just, like, I was kind of antsy because I was, like, I'm so used to, like, just filling up like, the floors and really, like, monitoring health of, like, specific characters and stuff that were really important. And he's just, like, killing everybody. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, I don't like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I went out for a little bit. I was watching you play, and I came back, and I thought for sure you started another run. No, you were still on the same run. Your run time was, like, an hour and a half. What? Yeah, and no. she, was, she was on, like, the sixth wave. 
Well, I, I mean, don't know like, if you stop I, for a bit. I know I stopped for a bit. Like, this is a game that you can like leave. It has a great save. Oh, but the timer was still going because I saw it. It did. Say, like, yeah. So for me, it's like I mean, if I'll start playing it and then I'll be like, oh crap, I forgot to you know do the dishes or something. I go back and forth like all day. But that's what yeah, that's what I love about this game. For the most part, runs are generally about less than 30 minutes. Well, you do are crazy fast with them. You're just like smashing the buttons. I'm like, how can you read that fast? <laughs> yeah, I normally turn off the animation so like the combat is just almost instantaneous. Which but that's what another thing I love about Monster Train cuz I normally complain about it like this. We did with uh, Monster Sanctuary where the battles were just the animations just too lo- took too long. But you had a great selection of animations. You could do normal speed, which for me, it's after playing on the fastest speed, it looks so slow. But then there's like two times, three times, and then it's like five times. And then the last one is just a surprised smiley face emote. So it's like instantaneous. But I thought that was funny that that was the speed was like a surprised smiley face. Yeah, that's pretty much what I played the game on at all times. But I I feel like we've just driven gameplay into the ground but I mean, that's what this what monster train is so i don't know um but going back to what andrew was talking about with the limited number of cards it just got to a point where i knew what my cards were and i knew how i wanted to play them so as soon as i saw them pop up it was you know here here and here or hopefully you have the space for it or whatever but yeah it's just i i kind of instantly knew what i wanted to do with them one thing i don't know one thing in Monster Train that I never really ended up using, I don't know if you guys did, but it was the Vortex, where anytime you'd go to it, you could delete two cards from your deck. I almost never used that. There was never a time where I was like, I hate that this card's in my deck. In Slay the Spire, I felt that way. Like, if I ever played the Warrior, I always got rid of Bash. It was too expensive, didn't do a lot of damage, get rid of that card. But in Monster Train, the fact that you can upgrade and adjust your cards at these shops, like, I never felt I needed to delete cards. Because I, I could just upgrade them. I did um, only a couple times, but it was when I actually had a lot of units, um, which is weird because I felt like a lot of games, I, I didn't really have enough units to just delete them. But there were a couple times where I did, and I got rid of the, uh, what do they call The train? The train stewards? Yes, the train stewards. That would be the only time I'd maybe delete, delete them. Yes, and that's when I had like a lot of units. And even then, I mean, they're actually kind of great to beef up, just to have like to take all the the crap yeah you know so i mean i just maybe twice i think well so there's a couple times i deleted most of train stewards and then i get the artifact that like greatly buffs your train stewards i was just gonna say just got rid of them all i i had a couple runs even where i started with that run i literally didn't even take damage on my pyre until the sixth bot or until the sixth level and then i just got destroyed i just couldn't do it but yeah i i loved that one and absolutely then you want to keep your train stewards I really only ever got rid of like the again 3x 2x you know energy times whatever cards. I just didn't like at any point that there was a card that could just use up all my energy. Well, oh, I agree with that. I yeah. mean, there was definitely times where actually I have a bunch of energy and I had nothing to use it on, so they would have been nice there, I suppose, but yeah, as a whole, I never felt like my hand was too clogged up that I needed to get rid of cards, and if anything, they my hand was probably clogged up because I wanted it to be because I definitely yeah. played a lot of uh, it reminded me of Slay the Spire of the the daggers what was what was that one the shivs when you played the yeah. uh oh, the yep. silent yep. yeah you would just stack the crap out of sting 
if if you ever hit the the mystery cavern where you can multiply a card times five by five yeah i did <laughs> i had liz do that i did that with sting a couple of times and it's it's a fun run but you have to also hope you get the artifact that increases sting if you don't eh, your strategy is going to be a little bit weak at the end but it's still a lot of fun and you also yeah you just draw cards enough that you go through your deck quickly and yeah i just never felt like i had to get rid of cards that's a or long way to say that. You get the octopus. You get the octopus and you have the sting. It beefs him up. By eight damage. It's not like it. You get that octopus. <laughs> and what if you have two oct- uh, octopi? octopi. octopi. I am, I'm not an army of octopi. I'm... When do you say octopi? I was just like, wait, that is right, right? <laughs> octopi. I bet yeah, there's actually so some weird two. term. It's a group of octopuses. But a uh, quick little like pro tip, as Liz was kind of saying. So... I think this game was originally more designed for PC as they were kind of hoping people to put their cursor over these enemies and see what they do. But little pro tip here at the beginning of a run, Liz did not realize this. When you first start a run, it says, Hey, these are the three random cards that we're adding to your deck. You don't get to pick them, but depending on your classes, they add these three random cards. But above that, it shows who the final boss is going to be. And it even tells you what the final boss's ability is. So Liz was doing a fantastic run where she was had a billion sting cards, like Keith was saying. But the final boss, he got stronger every time she played a spell card. So she as she was very close to beating him because she luckily had enough spell cards that she could really melt the guy. But he ended up beating her because his attack got so strong. But she didn't realize yet. Right at the beginning, you can see, oh, the boss will do this. He gets stronger with spell cards or he gets more damage if you summon more um, monsters. So you can kind of plan your strategy beforehand so by the time you get to the boss, you can kind of anticipate what you're doing. Or just hovering over them in combat. I didn't realize you could do that either. Yeah. And every time you start an actual battle, it shows like three bad guys. And for the longest time, I thought it was just, I don't know, like a cut screen or like a loading screen. Like, oh, these are what the guys look like. But you can actually move your cursor over the enemies and actually see what they do what abilities they have, and what buffs they're going to give each other. You can? And Yes, you can. Oh. See, are, this is something that isn't explained, but it really will help you strategize. Because this is another thing I really loved about Monster Train. Every time you before you're about to start a battle, they give you a risk-reward option. Hey, this is the battle you're going to fight. These are the enemies. This is what the final boss is of this fight. Do you want to buff their attack by three? If you do this, you'll get maybe an artifact, maybe an extra card draw, maybe extra gold. It always gave you this option to turn the difficulty up. And if you did, you would get a greater reward. So I loved that feature. I almost always turned it on. I never did. <laughs> See, I always did when it was an extra unit or an extra artifact. Yep, always extra artifact. Always I did didn't that. always do it for gold because sometimes it just wasn't worth it. Like, an, Yeah, an extra 75 gold is nice, but if I'm... On one of the second to the last levels, I don't know. I don't, I don't need to push it for 75 gold. I've probably spent enough, and I'm getting enough more. So not every time. I definitely did it more with the, the Melting Revenants because it helped my car- or my units die quicker so I could yep. revive them quicker. So I kind of actually liked that feature for them. And actually, for when I played with them, they were the only ones that I would select them as a primary and then just select a random secondary. Felt like it kind of made it more interesting <laughs> to shake things up. Yeah, I, I like that. When you pick when you pick your starting decks, you can just do random. Just have fun with it. Go with it. 
I thought that was cool. Oh, when I didn't know how to, like, what was happening, like, I didn't realize you picked, like, the, the two clans, I saw, like, the random button at the top, and I just did that because I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's really pretty self-explanatory. It is. I just, you know. It's so funny, too, because, like, I love to read in my spare time, but I don't like to read in video games. Yep. It's not a cutscene. You're not listening to the story. <laughs> so the other great thing I praise Monster Train for is as fun as the game is, the stuff in between, Shiny Shoe Studios did a fantastic job with. So Slay the Spire, you're going in, you do a run, you get XP, here's some new cards, do it again. But once you hit that cap, it's kind of like, cool, what am I doing? But Monster Train does a great job with leaderboards. It, anytime you start a run on the left side, anytime you beat a run, you unlock a Covenant, which you kind of didn't Slay the Spire. Covenants make the enemies more difficult. They'll either add more enemies. Enemies have stronger attacks. Um, maybe you'll have more random cards. Maybe you'll have some negative cards in your deck. The effects are varied depending on what covenant you're doing. But you can actually see a tracker as to where your friends stack up. So, you know, Keith and Liz, I saw, only had covenant one and two. You know, another one of my friends had covenant four, but I was seventh. I was the highest on my friends list. Then there's also leaderboards for score. It also kept a win streak record where you actually got a trophy. And I don't know if you guys saw this too, but there's actually a ranking system. Depending on how many win streaks you're getting and how many points you're getting, you actually had, you were in divisions, which you can compare with your friends, compare the scores, just really cool, simple stuff. It's nothing crazy, but it, it was, if you wanted to, these were menus you could dig through and it's really cool to stack up against your friends with it. You're competitive, aren't you? Uh, a little bit, yes. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you could dig that far into it as far as like the divisions and all that. Again, mostly because I never got past Covenant 1, so my world, nothing else existed. I just I didn't bother. And then, actually, too, of course, there is multiplayer. So Slay the Spire had daily challenges and time runs you could do and maybe create some challenges, which Monster Train is, does as well. Monster Train actually has a strictly multiplayer game called Hell Rush, which really simple, but just something unique you can do. Hell Rush, you're playing against between, I think you need at least four players, four to eight players. You're all playing the same track. You can, you're all picking different paths, but you start off with the same deck. So depending how you do your strategy, where you go on the track, what cards you're picking up, you're actually competing with live people. It has a timer, so you got to kind of finish your fights pretty quick. But you're basically all trying to play at the same time and see who can get a better score. It's a really simple game mode. Nothing nothing crazy that's going to make you get trash-talked and stuff like that. But it was just it was a fun diversion. Yeah, I actually had a game start with as little as just one other person in there. So I actually won oh, that yeah. one. Yeah. I also <laughs> had one start when I was the only person there. And it immediately went, you win. Hell yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Cool. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I did a thing by not doing anything. So that was cool. But I had no interest. <laughs> you hate multiplayer with random people. Well, yeah. one thing I will say, and I don't know if I'm if I'm allowed to do a segue here or not, but there is an achievement for doing one of these custom builds, which I actually didn't take the time to do that achievement. It was only five <laughs> points. But achievements, segue. <laughs> yeah, like in Slay the Spire, you can create your own challenge add random perks like, oh, enemies take damage after the end of every turn or the rotation. They switch floors at, on every t at the end of every turn. Just kind of really cool, interesting things. But I think it just shows that this game really is a lot about strategy and skill, even though Liz disagrees with me. 
I don't disagree. No, I, I think there is a lot of strategy. I agree with you about the different floors. And for instance, like that there's a person that if you don't kill like the first time, there's like a punishment for it. And then the bombs you have to hit twice. And I do think there's a lot of strategy to it. I just, I mean, I just, I, I really like the game. I'm just not like fangirling over it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse us for having a good time. Keith, I didn't say anything about you. You have the perfect amount of love for the game. I mean, all I have, oh, you all, think I have too much love. All I have to say to the both of you is it's very possible to disagree with someone and still be wrong. So false. Take that, I disagree with that. Take that as you will. <laughs> Which earlier, Andrew, you said that like when you're looking at the trailer that you didn't like the look of the game. Does that also translate to the graphics Absolutely. Like when you're playing? This is, even then, after playing numerous hours of this game, I do not care for the graphics. I loved the designs of the monsters, the angels, eh. But you're just seeing the same background, the same train. It's just, I don't know. For me, I got really, I thought it was really repetitive with the graphics. But did you like the style? No. It It didn't need to be more than it was, but... It was nothing I, I was excited about. Like, I didn't need it to be more. It wouldn't have changed my perception of the game. If that was... I mean, I guess if I was looking at somewhat of, like, Metal Gear... or oh, Not Metal Gear. Gears of War 5 <laughs> graphics on the screen while playing this game. I'd, it would have felt weird, if anything. But maybe it would have been cooler. I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. I, I don't think it took away anything for me either. But when you look at it, it is just... It's so simple. So for me, I, I loved the design of the train, like when you're going through the different layers of hell and it showed like the different rings of like, oh, here's the the melting remnants like ring. Here's, you know, bog worms, death. And it's like this giant worm that was destroyed. Really cool designs, cool ideas. I liked it. But I do think like when you look at the characters, like for instance, like the imps, there were different imps that you could play and yeah. stuff. I thought they actually looked really cool and, and different from each other. It's not just like blob. Bigger blob, poisonous blob. Yeah, you know? colored. Yeah, the card yeah, designs are pretty cool. The only ones that I were maybe a little samey were the Awoken. Nope, horned, unhorned, three horned, hell horned. <laughs> there we go. Um, I a said bit. I said horned too many times. Um, it's okay. Yeah, they were they were the only ones that had a little bit of samey characters, but as a whole, the cards were really good. I thought the the, the card design was cool. But what did annoy me and take away a little bit from me was the sounds. Especially when you're speeding up the sounds, there is a lot of repetitive noise in this game. And it was really starting to get old. Yeah, and it... You can cut this, maybe. But it felt a little not safe for work at points. It just, nope, definitely. It uh, was, it was were, a bit uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there was one guy that whenever you hit... He, it was uncomfortable, the moan that came from that man. Yeah. And I want to know who the voice actor was <laughs> and what he was thinking. Yeah, there's definitely some moans that are a little, like, awkward sounding. And if someone doesn't know what you're playing and they're just hearing these sounds from the other room... It doesn't sound like you're hitting them. What you're doing. <laughs> yeah, at most there's, like, the slicing sound effect. But a lot of that gets drowned out in other noises. One of the... um. I guess songs that was playing, I actually really liked the beat and it wasn't like too, it's weird. Cause like the game is very like just vibrant and colorful and um, 
and oh, the, and then the music is. what? I think the I think the color palette in the game is very bland. But it's bright, like it's like vibrant colors is what I mean. And then mm. I but I felt like with the music they did like it, it carried the tone that you would think for the game. And then obviously they had like the clanking of of the uh, the train and stuff, and I I didn't mind it. I I agree with Keith about the uh, inappropriate noises. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a lot of repetitive noises. But as far as the music went, what I think is cool. Every time you start a battle, it actually says right at the top, "Playing this soundtrack," and yeah. a lot of the soundtracks are based on the boss. So depending what boss you're playing, they actually created a specific soundtrack. So I do agree with you, Liz. We're like, yeah, the music does a really good job with tone tonally wise because they actually made specific tracks for the bosses really cool feature and it's i love that it at least showed you hey it's playing this track don't like it you can turn it off skip it whatever yeah that that was cool i mean maybe it was just because of the sound effects kind of again drowning out a lot of the game i i noticed the music it didn't bother me i i noticed even that it gave me some sort of soundtrack i honestly thought a lot of it sounded the same though I don't know. Maybe I'll look it up on Spotify. I haven't done that. Don't get me wrong. After playing so much, I do think a lot of it drowns. It blends together, too. I I agree with that, Keith. Yeah, it can can pretty well do without any sound or music if you want to. So do, do, do that part as you will, I suppose. But I wanted to talk about my favorite option in the options menu, transitioning also into achievements. And that is, of course, the googly eyes. There's an option. In the menu to turn on googly eyes, and literally the enemies and your characters just have googly eyes. It, it is the most random, obscure feature, but I love it. it. It just it made some of the creatures really adorable. Like there was one Liz had; he had a gaping mouth open. Normally, really scary oh. looking. You put googly eyes on him. And he, he was cute. He was cute. <laughs> but there is an achievement to actually beat a run with the googly eyes on. So, as hidden as this feature is, if you dig through the achievements, you can see that it's there. And as far as achievements go, I do not recommend this game for achievement hunters. It's, it just, it'll take a lot of time. Like I said, every run is about maybe 20 to 30 minutes. If you're extra long, you may be looking 45 to an hour, but they're not crazy long. And a lot of achievements are maxing out each clan, maxing out all the clans, getting all the heroes, beating on Covenant 10, 15, and then 25. It just, it's a lot, a lot of work. Andrew, you only got 400, and you were number one this week. Shocker. Finally returns. And you got <laughs> uh, 28, and then Keith, 220, and then in last place, 155. That's me. Um, oh, yeah. Did you win last week? Me? Nope, I did. Oh. Last week was Control. I won. Oh, yeah, um, you did. But we all did very well, so we gave ourselves all a gold star for last week. That is true. Yeah. But now, getting into our final thoughts here. So, as you can probably tell with me talking majority of this episode, because I loved Monster Train. Monster Train is a lot of fun. I've, you know, I've constantly, anybody who I've met who's like, oh, what game should I play on Game Pass? I've always recommended Slay the Spire. And now this is just another game I'm going to recommend to people. It's something quick. It's simple, easy to learn. It's very addictive, but it can be very short. You got to go somewhere in 30 minutes or so. You can normally play about a run of this and just be done with it. I love the progression. I love the unlocks, the leaderboards. I thought the graphics were not the greatest. Some of the monster designs are great. Sound effects got pretty repetitive, but you can turn that off. Not a big deal. I'm going to give you this game a solid 90. 
I think it's a lot of fun. I, I, for me, I thought this game focused so much more on strategy than luck. And that's generally my biggest complaint about roguelikes is just you could be doing so well and then it's just like, nope, cards were not in your favor this run, you lose. Too Would bad. Would you Sorry. recommend them equally? I think so. Uh, both of them are just are different enough. They're they're similar, but they're not just the same game repackaged. Okay. And I really like that. Same, same, but different. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm I'm pretty much on board with Andrew as as you can probably have well told by anything I've talked about. I I think it's the first time in a long time I haven't really complained about anything this week. So got that going for us. <laughs> I think it's a ton of fun. It's a game I'm gonna go back to. It's it's a game that I sat and I sunk three, four hours into and didn't even realize that the time had gone by. It just kind of sucks you in. But if you don't have time to play, then play for 20 minutes and walk away. It's it's great for whatever, for whatever time you have. It's just a lot of fun. I was going to go with an 85, but it's got googly eyes. So that's got to get an easy plus three. So 88. <laughs> I was... Plus three for googly eyes. I like that. I was gonna give it a ninety, but I think like talking about it has been negative. I think I'm gonna give it an eighty nine now. What the heck? How is giving this a higher score than me? Googly eyes. I think um with Slay the Spire, I think I gave it at least a ninety one or something. I and I just felt like ah like I, I didn't find it as addicting. I don't think I'm not saying one game is better than the other. I think they're very unique and stuff, but there's a special place in my heart for Slay the Spire and uh I think it was like a lot easier to like pick up and stuff. Um, but looking at Metacritic, TBD on the critics front and 9.3 for users. The uh, one critic who gave it a 90, uh, it says a lot about a game when writing its review makes us want to close the laptop, boot up the Xbox and return to play it. So it is with Monster Train, which chucks out a lot of Slay the Spire's baggage to create a ride that's more breakneck and exhilarating. And then I like the use of the word ride there. <laughs> <laughs> Puns. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> like where's ride in it? I was Oh my gosh. And then one of the users who gave it a nine needs more multiplayer options to run a custom or private lobby. Monster run with friends in tow. I think that actually would be a good option. That's that is a good point. I think you can when you create a custom challenge. I don't know. I'm with Keith. I didn't create a custom challenge. I don't know. Maybe we'll try that after this. But overall, very positive so far, even though I, there's like, like five or less reviews. Yeah. So there you have it. If you're just looking for something really simple and quick, like I said, I think it's like a gig, maybe two for a download. Really simple. If you're just kind of in that weird position where you just want to try something fresh, but don't want to invest 40 plus hours in a crazy RPG, Highly recommend you check out Monster Train. A lot of fun. Thank you so much for the recommendation, Man Brew Pig. But I think that's going to do, do it for us this week. Um, if you have any game recommendations. Did you say Man Boob Pig? <laughs> man Brew Pig. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. That's, that's, what, he, that's what he went as his uh, I was like, did you forget name. what it was and just like came up with something? Oh, Cash cab. Should I think, what? <laughs> that's a cash cab? What does that have to do with anything? Oh. And thank you so much for the people who have left us a review on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. It gives us more exposure, and we love to hear from you guys. If you have a game recommendation, you can email us at gamepassgrabpick at gmail.com. We'd love to get them. 
it takes the thinking process out of our hands and we get to play what you guys recommend. It's a lot of fun. I've been your hardcore gamer host, Angie. You can find me on Xbox Live, Firebird01952. I'm also on Twitch with the same name. And forgot to plug our Facebook. We're also on Facebook with a PayPal if you want to feel so inclined to support us. Thank you all. Keith. I've been Keith. I've enjoyed this game. Have a great night, everybody. Or day, whenever you're listening to this. And I'm Liz the Noob, gamer tag Commonom Dean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz the Noob. Noob is EW. All right, everyone. Thank you all so much for sticking around and listening to us ramble. We love you all. See you all again next week. Bye, Bye guys.